Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Dairy Gold Agri, your solution to all your farm needs. Welcome to our programme. I'm John O'Connor. Amongst the many items in our programme coming up later on, a review of the 2019 ICMSA AGM, the blockade of multiples by IFA protesters, but our top story. Our sponsor, Dairy Gold, launches a new brand, Glen Orr, translating to Golden Valleys in the Irish language. Dairy Gold, our sponsor, has launched a new brand for its range of nutritional dairy ingredients for the export market, titled Glen Orr, the Irish for Golden Valleys, which reflects the nutrient-rich pasturelands, the source of its naturally nourishing and traceable ingredients. Speaking about the launch of the new brand, Dairy Gold CEO Mr Jim Wolfe said, Dairy Gold is a very strong brand with a robust reputation internationally. The launch of Glen Orr will enhance our global standing even further and will act as an endorsement of the natural and quality ingredients our customers have come to recognise. Dairy Gold has invested considerably over the past seven years to optimise post-quota opportunities and is central to Dairy Gold's strategy to promote the Glen Orr brand globally to reflect the needs of Dairy Gold customers. The Glenore brand will help strengthen awareness of dairy goals, natural grass-fed and sustainable credentials across international markets. Visually, the design of the Glenore brand will closely mirror Dairy Gold's corporate brand, providing an important link to Dairy Gold's strong reputation internationally as a leading manufacturer of high-quality ingredients across the globe. Dairy Gold is focused on identifying every opportunity to add value to its suppliers' milk through the sales and distribution of its naturally nourishing pasture-fed ingredients across the globe. The Glenore brand will be rolled out across all Dairy Gold food ingredients products from dairy powders to cheese from November 2019. Farm Talk on C103 with John O'Connor. The inaugural meeting of the Beef Task Force took place at Agriculture House in Dublin on Tuesday 3rd of December 2019. 
The Beef Task Force was established by the Minister for Agriculture, Mr Michael Creed, TD, on foot of the agreement of September 15, 2019. Agreed minutes and relevant update documents are all published on the Department's website of the following. www.agriculture.gov.ie forward slash farming sector forward slash beef forward slash beef task force ending in a forward slash. We are joined on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme by Mr Philip Cotter, PRO for the Cork East Ploughing Association. Philip, welcome to the programme. Now, I think, Philip, we are doing a report on the last match of the year. Well, it's the last match on behalf of Cork East, anyway, our division. And this match was held in Bantier on the farm of the Philpott family by their kind permission. And just before I say any more, John, I was asked by the Bantier Committee to make a special apology. They had announced the week before they have refreshments in the field, but it didn't turn up and beyond, it was on, beyond their control. So they want to apologise to everybody that might have come without the flask or whatever. But there's nothing they could do about it. They were promised and the van didn't turn up. So that's just from the Vantier Committee. And we had a fine turnout, a nice field and a nice grand fine day. So everything worked out fine. And these are the results from Vantier on the 1st of December. The senior, Dave Mulcahy, first. Second, Billy Tarrant. Third, George Toomey. And fourth, Dave Murphy. Intermediate, first, Don Locanel. Second, Jerry Hannon. And third, Geoff Rost. Under 28, first, Aidan O'Donovan. And second, Jamie Hayes. Farmeress, Orla Hayes. The three for her, Jimmy Barris, first. And Pat O'Riordan, Second. The two for a vintage hydraulic. First, Moss Fleming. Second, Phelan Cotter. Third, Tom Bozang. The vintage trailer. Uh, first, Anus Horn. The single for a first, Trevor Fleming. The two for a reversible. First, Paddy Harrington. And the horse class, Jeremiah Delaney. Those are the results from Banfield John last Sunday. And as I said, it has come to the end of the Cork East clown qualifying rounds. We had the eight and all, and we didn't have any cancellations, thank God. So everything went off smoothly since the, the national finals, after the national finals. Now we have our qualifiers for 2020, but I don't have a list of them at this point in time, but we'll have them and we'll come back to you later on with the team that's gone to the All-Ireland. And uh, after that, John, I suppose uh, I should say a special thanks to you and your staff for affording us the facility of putting on the results and announcing our matches from week to week. We deeply appreciate that and we hope it will continue. And we'd like, on my own behalf and on behalf of Cock East Plowing Association, to wish you and all the staff at 103 a very peaceful, happy and holy Christmas. And hopefully we'll be in touch again in the new year with other um, activities that are happening in connection with the clown. So that, that's it, John. That rounds it up for 2019. And again, 
Thanks a million for all your help and cooperation. And thank you very much indeed, Philip Cotter, PRO for the Cork East Ploughing Association. Thank you, Philip, very much for all of your reports which you supply week in, week out, right throughout the ploughing year. And it's great to have those reports because people do follow them with interest, even though the results are a couple of days after the event itself. Nonetheless, people like to um, hear that you know, ploughing is alive and well, and it's amazing to find that you know, ploughing has such a, a great following, traditional forms of ploughing. But we take this opportunity of wishing you, Philip, your family and all members of the Cork East Ploughing Association a very happy Christmas, a prosperous New Year. We'll be back to you in the New Year. So thanks very much, John. We are joined on the farm programme by Mr John Coughlin, IFA Munster Regional Chairman and also IFA Presidential Candidate. John, welcome to the programme. Now, as regards the protest, the factory protest, as we speak this weekend, are you making any progress, any indications at all, however weak, that you know some of the factories might be relenting and they would agree to a price increase? What's the update as we speak the weekend? Yeah, thank you, John. Well, I suppose, look, uh, as we know, that uh, ABP has issued a statement um, that they are looking at a price increase in the coming week from what we gathered, that price increase. Uh, I don't know what's the full the full extent to that price increase, but from a, from a farmer's point of view, certainly that increase needs to be a substantial one when you look at the gap that's there between the Irish and the UK the beef prices, I think there needs to be a substantial increase, and I think that's why we have been at, uh, at the um, supermarket distribution centres there over the last days. We see uh, there's a difference between of 150 to 160 euros per animal in what's being slaughtered here in Ireland and what's being slaughtered in the UK, and that has to be closed. Of course, a major development recently has been the publication, the establishment of the Board B price index. Your president, Joe Healy, on the programme recently, he pointed out that this was a major development, the on Board B price index, where farmers would know where they stood when they were claiming certain figures, that this was based on sound researched evidence published in the on Board B price index. Yeah, you're correct, you're correct, John. Look, and I think that Board B price index has clearly shown over the past number of weeks the way the European price has uh, has increased, and yet the Irish price hasn't. And I think, look, it is very clear that the factories have made huge profits over the last couple of months on the back of poor Irish beef prices. So, uh, you know, we clearly can see like that uh, the beef factories have creamed €5 million Euros a week from Irish farmers. And the board, that board B price index has shown that. So it's that's why we have taken on this uh, this protest to ensure that we do get a respectable price increase over the next week or so. And again, it's been published that we say an R three steer taken as an example. It's been published that an R three steer in Monaghan would make three euro forty two cents a kg. And uh, up the road in Armagh, it's €3.86 a kg. And that differential is uh, on the island of Ireland between two different sections, both of which are still in the European Union, and yet we have a differential just a few fields away. And that is the point, John, and that's the argument that we have been making in our stages. Look, we've clearly been able to track the price of, uh, of beef right across Europe over the last number of years. And we now have the beef, the Bordea price index, which is, an in, which is independent of, of farmers. 
and that's drawing the very same thing. And the reality is that Irish beef farmers have been really shot changed over the last number of months. And that has to stop immediately. If it, we know that Irish beef farmers are not able to make a living, and as long as we have an industry that is is not going to have a return for Irish farmers, there can't be an industry into the future. It must raise certain questions in people's minds, particularly in farmers' minds. We know the European Union demands the highest standards in welfare and all aspects of production, but we saw there in recent days how the Brazilians were getting as much for their beef as we in Ireland were getting for this superior grass-fed product. So that must raise some very interesting questions, uh, very uh, tantalising questions. It does indeed, John, and I think it it raises two real questions. One is it raises the transparency issue as to what's happening in the marketplace when you do not see price increase transferred back to farmers. And uh, the second thing it raises is the control that the beef processors has on the whole Irish industry. And I think that is where the real problem is. When uh, when you look at the costs of production that we as Irish farmers have to endure because of the regulations that are put in place right across Europe, and to be expected to compete against uh, the South American beef that is produced in a totally different way with with no retraceability and with with less environmental conditions when you see the rainforest being cut down to produce beef and you see Irish farmers being curtailed as to how we how we can do it. I think it asks the question as to where is the level playing field and we can't continue unless that playing field is levelled. That's why we continuously say that beef coming from South America into Europe has to stop because it's not produced under the same standards as Irish beef. We had the roundtable talks, uh, the Beef Task Force resumed, but yet, despite all the demands in the interim for retailers to be included, that here we had the task force sitting in the roundtable talks, but no retailers, as I understand it. From day one, John, IFA has called on the Minister to ensure that the retailers are included in the roundtable talks. We clearly know that the retailers are a big part of the industry. We clearly know that there is no transparency into the margins or to the control that the retailers have. That's why we want retailers at the round table, and that's why this protest has been based around the retailers. They need to come to the table and be part of the Beef Talks Task Force. Otherwise, we will be back here again in 12 months' time because we know retailers have too much control. What kind of an increase would enable you to call off your protests, what kind of figure in round terms would you need to get per kg for your beef? Well, John, we have to get the full return from the marketplace to Irish farmers. If any industry is to operate, it has to operate on being paid what the market is returning. That's where it has to start, and we clearly know that at present the market is returning, and the European market is returning a lot more than what Irish farmers are getting. Until that bridge is ga- uh, gap is what is bridged, we haven't the hope of uh, moving away from this protest. Do you plan to continue your protests over the weekend and uh, to target other major retailers um, in the future? In future days, if you don't get what you would regard as an equitable share yeah. of what you believe are margins out there which are going too much towards various factories. That will be reviewed over the weekend, John, when we clearly know what the price is going to be next week for beef cattle in Ireland. What would happen if injunctions were served? Is that something you adopt a wait-and-see attitude towards, yeah. the injunctions? We'll deal, we'll deal with any situation as it arises. Thank you very much indeed, Mr John Cochran.
Mr. John Coughlin there, IFA Munster Regional Chairman and one of the three candidates taking part in the IFA 2019 nationwide presidential and vice-presidential elections. Earlier, IFA National President Mr Joe Healy spoke to the Farm Programme and he urged all IFA members to vote for the candidate of their choice, but to vote, with commentators predicting a turnout of about 25%, each vote would carry extra weight in the 2019 nationwide IFA presidential and vice-presidential elections. The current IFA President, Mr Joe Healy. There are three candidates running for president, and uh, I suppose, you know, for the local person there in Cork, it's John Coughlin and in alphabetical order. Then we have Tim Cullinan from Tipperary and Angus Woods from Wicklow. And for the deputy candidates, we have Thomas Cooney and Brian Rush uh, running for that. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, Mr. Morris Walsh, chairman or chairperson of the North and East Cork branch of the ICMSA, the Irish Creamery Milk Suppliers Association. First of all, Morris, welcome to the programme. Now, you very kindly agreed to give our listeners a review of your recent AGM. I believe this was one of the more successful and best attended AGMs you've had for a long, long time. And in your memory, certainly, it's been a very auspicious AGM with the Taoiseach and Minister for Agriculture and various high-ranking personalities and authorities attending. So, Morris, a brief overview of your 2019 ICMSA AGM. Our AGM was held in Limerick last, the 29th of November. John, I've been going to AGMs for the last number of years now with the organisation, and I must say this is the one that really stood out. It was one of the, the best AGMs we've had in a while, and you'd ask me the question, why? Well, of course, we not only do we have our Minister for Agriculture and Food, Mr Michael Creed, uh, but we also, of course, we have had on Taoiseach, uh, Leo Brackar uh, was there as well. So, uh, spoiled for choice, we were on the day as well. We also had a um, an RT speaker here, Philip Voucher-Hayes, who, uh, before the guest speakers came, um, put things very uh, across to us in a very in a very good way, really, I suppose, what's coming down the line for prices as far as food is concerned to the consumer in Ireland. And that, of course, the big concern, uh, the days of the cheap food is over, uh, as far as uh, we're concerned, because, you know, there's a... Uh, we, we, we've been speaking on the back of this, uh, this organisation you now, which uh, as decades, as far as I'm concerned, um, about uh, big prices and beef prices at farm gate level. Well, I can I can tell you now that um, there's only a matter of time in this that uh, the, the days of cheap food is, is coming to an end. When we hear about the days of cheap food coming to an end, we would hope that the farmer would still make a living he's producing top quality food we hope he or she would make a living and that the consumer wouldn't be paying an unreasonable price and again looking at the agri-press a very interesting and large color picture there of the Taoiseach Leo Varadkar lifting a glass of milk so that's a great um, plus for milk because there is a bit of a propaganda war out there against milk dairy meat and all of those things which have kept rural Ireland's economy alive and are a substantial part of the Irish national economy because when the financial crash came we thought we were finished as a country financially but then there was 2007 2008 about 9 billion of agri exports to look at Yes, of course, John, and you've touched on several points there. And first, I just want to uh, thank our, our, our Taoiseach, who uh, the, um, 
was uh, had the opportunity of, of drinking a glass of milk and did that uh, quite happily to do so as well in front of a, a jam-packed house in Limerick. About a seat he got, actually, the staff in the hotel had to bring in extra seating, uh, which was great to see. Yeah, look, listen to me, uh, absolutely, like... I, we're farming here uh, in Mitchellstown, and um, as I, uh, you know, in my father's time, we'll say 30 odd years ago, we're, we're getting the same prices we got milk back then. But the in, the outputs and the in, like are, are not. We look, it's like looking down a telescope. But unfortunately, we've been looking down the telescope now the wrong way. It's time to turn the telescope around and look at it at the proper way, the way things can be carried on at farm gate level. The farmer is not out to catch anyone or, or roast anyone for, for what goes on their kitchen table. All we want is a fair price to raise our family and to run, run the family farm uh, you know, successfully that we can make it ends meet. That's all we want to do. So I, I would, I'd like to thank uh, Minister Michael Creed, who, by the way, John, I had great time for. Um, he, he you know, wasn't any rush away from the meeting whatsoever. He stayed back. I had the opportunity on speaking to him on a one-to-one basis about a few different issues that I didn't get my chance to get the microphone in my hand. But uh, he's very, very approachable. And, of course, the Taoiseach as well for attending there as well. But certainly there's lots of things to look at as far as farming concerned. But, John, of course, the big one, and, and, and uh, Philip Voucher Hayes touched on this, there is a, a big issue coming farming and that, of course, is the world climate, because that's where our next quota is going to be as far as milk production or beef production or grain production, whatever the case may be, is concerned in Irish farming. There is, there is lots of hurdles to get over, but climate is a big one that's coming our way. Many of your members would have an interest in beef prices, and in a press release on Thursday, December 5th, from your president, he points out the difference uh, between prices this side of the border and in the north. And an example is given of a farmer looking at the price, we'll say, of an R3 steer in Monaghan. That's €3.42 a kg. And, quote, a few fields away in the ICMSA press release, in Armagh, it's €3.86 a kg. And, you know, the ICMSA want a price increase immediately for those of your members who are raising beef animals. And that press release goes in great detail to explain the anger of people when they see those differentials, uh, because at this point in time, the European Union still contains the UK. But the beef price, I imagine you would be calling in line with your president there, Mr. Pat McCormack, for an increase in beef price at least up to what people are getting up in uh, the six counties in Northern Ireland. Certainly, and even, you know, that's been very conservative with a price of 386. Look, at 3 euros, 42 cents, it's just not feasible for farmers to uh, to have a, uh, have a beef industry in Ireland. And fair play to our president, Pat McCormack, and I know that uh, day in, day out, our president and, and all the members of the uh, Irish Cream and Meat Suppliers in John Feeney House in Limerick are, are fighting to the nail for this. But it's up now to the, to the people that has the authority to do so, to raise the price for beef, because we're only weeks away from the calving, before the calving starts. And I, as a dairy farmer, I need the beef man to buy my, 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 my male calves off me, to, to, and, and he needs to make a profit or a living, as I mentioned already. So it's vital, and, and, and I hope our Minister Michael Creed is listening to this programme, and I know he, he is a follower of your Dairy Gold show, that he is listening, and that there are proper men that can get this over the line, because if it doesn't happen, 
the tractors will go back to Dublin or they will go back to the factory gate as well. And unfortunately, that's not the answer to it either. But that's, that's what will happen and there's no other way about it. This is an industry now that it's on its knees. It has been on its knees now with X amount of months or years at this stage. It's time now that uh, the people, as I mentioned already, gives a fair price for beef. Calves, they were the big talking point at your ICMSA AGM. And indeed, by discussing the situation, well, hopefully then homes will be found for these animals. And uh, when we can keep the tone of the debate down and uh, discuss problems, well, then we have in the background the whole time the big unknown, the Brexit thing. So I think, Morris, we could summarise by saying it was a very successful, I seem to say, AGM. Certainly, as I mentioned at the start of, of, of this interview, that it was certainly the best AGM that I've ever attended uh, with the Irish Criminal League suppliers. You know, you had the, the, the top farmers in, in the organisation uh, committee people there. And of course, not only had we had on Taoiseach, but of course we had Mr. Michael Creed as well, and as you mentioned, uh, Philip Roger Hayes. John, can I just t- uh, touch on the calf thing? You know, Ireland, uh, Ireland is uh, and, and has the records and the data to show that they are the best in Europe in calf rearing. And I'll leave that there, which I won't touch on it anymore, but certainly the data is there for it. Um, just before I leave you, I want to uh, mention to uh, you and all your listeners that uh, thank you for uh, uh, giving us the opportunity down through the year to uh, express our thoughts to uh, your listeners. And, and that also that anyone at any stage, um, if, they're, if they want to contact our office in Limerick, in the John C. Uh, uh, house there in Limerick. The number for that office, which has a staff, by the way, of 14 people working down there, um, is 061-314-677. That's the Irish Cream and Milk Suppliers head office in Limerick is 061-314-677. And on that note, John, I'd just like to thank you again and to wish you and County Sound and Dairy Gold, your sponsor of your show, uh, a very happy, peaceful Christmas and a prosperous and, of course, a safe new year for 2020. Well, we say many happy returns indeed. Thank you very much indeed, Morris. Mr Morris Walsh, Chairman, Chairperson of ICMSA North and East Cork Branch. But, Morris, thank you very much for your valuable time. Thanks a million. Thank you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. 
Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Done. We are joined on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk Programme by Mr. Michael Goldstein, Head of Sheep Programme, Knowledge Transfer Department, Charles Codrum, Immacroom in County Cork. First of all, Michael, welcome to the programme. Now, I understand you have details of at least two very important meetings regarding the Green Cert. We have two um, events coming up, our information nights coming up, uh, John, on the Green Cert. Um, The first one is on next Monday, the 9th of December, in the Chagask office in Macroom. Um, and that's starting at 7.30. And the second one is on, on Wednesday the 11th in, in the Chagask office of Skibbereen. Again, that's at 7.30. And th- these are basically information nights for people who are interested in a part-time um, Chagask Green Start course. Um, and what's covered on those nights is basically information about the course benefits, key elements associated with the course, and the proposed schedule. So people who are interested in, in attending these nights... Um, should please contact the Chagask office in McCroom on 026-41604. So it's 026-41604. That's grand. Now we turn to our main topic of conversation, bearing in mind all the weather factors and the lead-up to the present situation where we find ourselves. Could you comment in general, in a very general way, Michael, on the grass situation on sheep farms? Yeah, so it, it's been a pretty good, uh, I suppose 2019 was a pretty good year um, from a grass growth point of view. The autumn, I suppose, uh, John, has been a little bit disappointing insofar as that it's, it's very wet. And, um, you know, what people are finding is that sheep are going through the grass an awful lot quicker than what we would have anticipated. So people would see, had seen a lot of grass there in kind of, you know, late August, September, but coming into October then and just had lots of rain and really sheep haven't got an awful lot of value out of the grass. Um, and on a lot of farms, really, grass is running out. And on some of the mid-season flocks, the flocks that are kind of lambing in, in um, early March, really sheep are, are running out of grass on some of these, the more intensively um, stocked farms. So I suppose, look at the, the, the couple of bits of advice that we're saying to people. A lot of people that are housing, that would normally be housing maybe... Um, you know, around now or in two weeks' time, find that they're in about two weeks earlier. Um, so that's that's the that's the important thing, is you know when the grass runs out, don't be tempted to go back in and regraze paddocks that are already closed. Um, the grass is much more important um, in the springtime. That little bit of grass that has regrown, and if we're if we're tempted to go back in and um, graze that grass now. We won't have grass there for the for the oats in the springtime. So that's the, the the first thing I suppose um, that we're saying is don't go back in and graze fields or paddocks that you've closed up for the springtime. Leave leave that grass there. You know if if you need to um, because grass has run out. In some cases, people are going out onto um, onto cattle farms and 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 maybe grazing out uh, fields there where the cattle have been brought in because of the adverse weather conditions. So there, there are some opportunities there. Or other than that, some supplement the yews outside or house them earlier. Um, you know, the main thing what we're trying to do is, is have grass there for the springtime, but also don't allow the yew body condition to drop. So we're, we're, we're not talking about maybe confining yews into fields where where they have very little grass or not, not sufficient grass in order to maintain body condition. So it's important that when the grass runs out, we either house them or we supplement. 
momentum to make sure that they maintain uh, body condition. Certainly, you're emphasising there, Michael, don't allow body condition to drop. Very important indeed, not to lose sight of that. Breeding, mating is finishing up, uh, looking after the rams. Uh, after all that activity, perhaps the rams, there are one or two points you might make vis-a-vis the rams' condition. Yeah, so look at it, I suppose we're coming to the end of the breeding season for most um, flocks, okay, some of the heel sheep. Um, flocks maybe aren't out that long with the rams, um, but virtually all the the mid-season lowland flocks are, are are finished up or finishing up. And in the case of the hill sheep flocks, a lot of them are are halfway or even three quarter way through mating at this stage. So I suppose um, the main thing really that we emphasise uh, this time of the year is that rams lose a lot of body condition during the mating season because an active ram um, will spend most of his time looking for yours. Um, and not eating. So it's very, very important that we try and put that body condition back on. By and large, because rams are so active, um, they're also more susceptible to diseases um, like, you know, lameness and, and liver fluke and, 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 and stomach worms, in particular stomach worms. So it's, 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 it's important that when we bring the rams in, when they're finished mating, that we just give them a, a, a full NCT as such, you know, give them the full head check fix any problems with the feet, um, give them a, a treatment for, for fluke and worms, um, in particular for young rams, um, you know, and, and give them a bit of feeding to make sure that they, they basically um, are in good condition going into the winter. And, and the reason why this is, is quite important is because, you know, we lose a lot of rams um, after the mating season um, on farms. You know, it's probably... Um, the peak time for for ram losses between here now and 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 next next summer when we need them, and it's just that they're in poor nick um, coming out of of they worked very very hard for maybe five six or seven weeks, and at this time of the year, I suppose the weather conditions aren't great, and the quality of feed in the grass um, isn't that great either. So I think you know rams are are really expensive items on on most farms. They're the most valuable and expensive sheep that is there. Um, and uh, a small bit of money and a small little bit of time uh, put into them at this stage just to get them back into shape will make sure that they're around and in, 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 in fighting fit form again for next year. So making sure your ram doesn't die, and that could be a very valuable pedigree ram, and uh, bearing in mind the stats available regarding mortality in rams, very important to uh, be careful there, the TLC as they call it, I suppose, tender living care or whatever, that you would uh, bear in mind to show some consideration and let the ram build up his resistance and regain condition for the next breeding season. We turn now to, we turn to wormer resistance. This is perhaps a general thing, even outside of a sheep, the whole AMR antimicrobial resistance under a different name. But we turn to wormer resistance. You might... Uh, talk about wormer resistance, how it applies specifically to your sector, the sheep breeding sector. Yeah, John, so I, I suppose we've uh, been looking at antimicrobial resistance and worm, or wormer resistance in sheep for a long time now, really since the early noughties. And um, w- what we've been seeing really is an alarming rise at the speed at which, um, in, particularly, in particular the macrocyclic lactones, which are your ivermectin-type products, um, are starting to fail on sheep farms. So, you know, the first study we did on this would have been in kind of 2005, 2006, 
and we found a low level of what we thought was resistance starting to these ivermectin-type macrocyclic lectone products. And then in 2013, 14 and 15, the Department of Agriculture ran an STAP program um, and part of that was, was basically doing drench tests on a farm. And what we found is that every year the level of resistance to, to those ivermectin-type products was increasing. Thank you, Michael, very much indeed. Mr. Michael Goldstein, Head of Sheep Programme, Knowledge Transfer Department, Chagask Codra McCroom in County Cork. And the full interview with Michael in the midweek edition of the Dairy Gold Farm Talk Programme this coming Wednesday evening between 10pm and 11pm. In his article in this week's Irish Farmers Journal, that's Saturday 7th of December 2019, Mr Barry Cassidy, news correspondent with the journal, points out that the fall in beef prices has hit TB compensation. Barry spoke to the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme about this fall in TB compensation. Is the, is the effect of, of beef price, low beef price particularly on farmers' incomes? I suppose what we've seen now is, is that's beginning to spread to other areas of farmers uh, to farmers as well like i suppose the tv i've heard i suppose to go into it a little bit is, is the tv compensation itself i mean for any farmer who know who's been locked up with tv they know the importance of of being paid for losing those reactors and and, and i suppose ultimately most farmers would, would agree that that compensation scheme doesn't come close to um to, to compensating them for what for the effects of that and um, but what we've seen this year it has been a bit of a drop off in the value of, of what farmers are being paid for those reactors and that's simply as a as a product of how the, that that scheme is paid. So it, it's partially based on what the valuer believes is the value, and then what the factory pays for the animal itself when it's slaughtered. And obviously, with it with a lower beef price, will result in a lower a lower price paid for farmers out of the factories. And what we've seen there has been a drop off as a result in in the compensation farmers are receiving. There is another factor which you point to the GDA. What exactly is the the GDA? Yeah, so that's known as the gross differential amount. So I suppose. The way it works, and any farmer who's who's gone down with TB will be well aware of this process. So, uh, a valuer arrives on farm and, and takes a look at the reactors and decides what exactly that farm that animal will be worth on today's market uh, had he not have TB. So that places the market value on the animal. That animal then has to go for slaughter, and that's where the farmer will receive their salvage value, which is the element of what the factory pays. And in between that, you have the gross differential amount. So this is the amount that the Department of Agriculture agrees to pay. Uh, on top of what the farmer received from the factory check uh, to bring the, the animal up to its market value. Almost €14 million Euro has been paid out uh, to date for reactors. How many animals would that cover? The average uh, value paid for an animal so far this year has been €1,234 per animal, uh, and that's across 11,176 animals, which brings you that, 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 that total you've pointed out is of almost €14 million. So while we've seen a, a drop-off in, in actual reactors this year, We've actually seen an increase in the, we're likely to see an increase in the amount of money paid out to farmers. Now, on the other side of that, I suppose farmers will still argue that that, that money isn't very even you know, close enough to compensate them for what they need. Um, farmers ultimately are paying about £18 million into the TV programme. So I suppose there's a net contribution of farmers to that programme. Uh, but it's something, I suppose, that we're likely to see change in terms of the department has a TV strategy that's due for publication. Uh, shortly, and that's looking at eradicating TB up to 2030. Farmers will be subject to perhaps a, a twice yearly TB test. I think that's on the cards. Well, not quite as extreme as, as two TB tests in the year, but uh, Europe has looked at our progress and our progress over the last three years in eradicating TB has stalled. 
Uh, the European Union does provide a certain element of funding and they set down legislation over what targets need to be achieved and, and currently we're not meeting those. So this is across a range of, of different uh, diseases and across a range of different countries. Each one has its own unique. You know, I suppose TB is a big one in Ireland. And so the European Union has said, right, okay, your progress has stopped for the last three years. We need to, to take a look at a way of how we're going to improve that. And the suggestion they came up with was a, a TB test and if an animal were to move six months after that test were completed, uh, it would require a pre-movement test or a post-movement test on the individual animal rather than the whole herd. But uh, look, that is going to be an extra cost in terms of a vet will have to come out and carry out that test. Uh, but look, it's still only a proposal at EU level at this point. What will ultimately come out, a lot of it will be determined by the department's actual TB strategy, I suppose. They're trying to be proactive in this and move ahead of the EU rather than the EU, you know, setting down some legislation where they might be a little bit more heavy handed and perhaps not as sensitive to Irish conditions because they're looking at 27 countries, not just Ireland. So I suppose the department is trying to get ahead of that. People will point to a number of false stones. We can only hope the new deadline set by the department working in conjunction with the EU will be met because this is something that has dragged on for so long. Taxpayers wonder, is there enough desire there to see it finally and utterly eradicated? Oh, look, it's, it's not just a taxpayer point of view. You know, farmers have brought, had that view for a long time as well. Like the TV pro- programme takes 92 million every year to run. If, if we run to 20, if we run the way we're going at the moment, the rate of progress, you know, another billion euro will be spent on this programme before we see TB eradicated. So currently where we have is we have around 3,000 herds every year go down with TB. Now that is vastly, vastly improved on where we have been and the number of reactors, which is normally around 14,000 a year, is vastly improved on where we have been. But I suppose the, the thing about it is, is 3,000 herds is 3,000 herds too many. Um, so that's why there is this new impetus to bring out a new strategy in order to, to cut that timeline and ultimately achieve eradication of TB by 2030. Thank you, Mr. Barry Cassidy, for your article there, a review of your article, Fall and Beef Price uh, Hits TB Compensation, and also a TB-linked article by your colleague Hannah Quinn Mulligan on the same page, page 12, Irish Farmers Journal, Saturday 7th of December, TB Progress Stalls in Monaghan. Thank you, Barry. Thank you, John. And that's our programme for this morning. I'm John O'Connor. Thanks to John Foot on Controls and to you, the listener, for tuning in. Have an enjoyable weekend. Next Agri-Update due on this coming Wednesday evening between 10pm and 11. Thanks for listening. Dairy Gold Agri, your solution to all your farm needs. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.